Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. All right, Daniel, the queue is empty. Still dry? Cue the crickets. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Uh, the bottom line is, folks, and hey, this is actually a nice respite because there's a couple of topics that we've wanted to cover. And we were maybe thinking we were going to get some questions that allowed us to uh, go into this, but we have not. So that's okay. We're going to cover them in the next couple of podcasts. So it's not going to be a user or a listener call in. Uh, it is going to be just us kind of moving on with some various topics that we find of importance. But the offer still stands. What is the offer, you ask? It's real simple. Get on your voice memo on your phone. iPhone, it's included. Android, you got to download something like an app that will allow you to record a voice memo. Why they don't include that, I have no idea. But they don't. So, open up that app, give us your question, state your name. You don't have to give us your full name. Love to know where you're from. Can't get that from the email. And then hit share or send or however you will sort of save that file and send that file. Send it to us via email, podcast at DIYmoney.org podcast at diymoney.org. Man, Daniel, that's a lot of steps. Why in the world would someone do all that? Because they like to hear their voice. No. No, because we're giving uh, 25 Amazon dollars. $25 to amazon.com. It's a very simple process. We use the question on the show. Derek sends you a very nice email with a link to your $25 Amazon gift card as well as multiple links with how to listen to the show. So again, the queue right now is empty. We'd love your questions. Send them to us. Voice memo style podcast at DIYmoney.org. Follow us on social DIY.money, Instagram, DIYmoneyQ at Twitter. Well, that's starting to blow up percentage-wise. Great percentages. <laughs> Getting the percentage increase on the Twitter It's an important financial note, the difference between percentages and nominals. Well, for those Twitter users out there, uh, we have also at Jewel, C-I-O, J-O-U-L-E-C-I-O, which we're up almost 20,000 or so. So, you know, we're not, we do have some love on Twitter. but It's true. But this is a new handle, DIY Money Q, I'm using uh, exclusively. Daniel handles the Insta page. How's that Insta page coming? It's it's coming. Come I should on. probably log on there today. <laughs> you Sorry, everyone. All right, let's not uh, waste any more time. Uh, I want to. I want to talk about a subject matter that's a little all encompassing, and the reason is is I've had a lot of I've had a lot of discussions lately uh, with folks in and around the personal finance subject matter, and a lot of times it comes back to. Uh, some similarities 
in why people are not improving in their financial affairs. And so we wanted to sort of sum this up. And the subject matter is real simple. We're going to call this how to stop sucking with your money. Well, that sucks. The top five reasons people are failing to improve their finances. Again, let's just call a spade a spade. We got to all stop sucking with our money. That sucks. If we can suck a little less, we can improve our financial future. Simple as that. And you might have some kids in the car. They're giggling a little. My, my kids would. I told them the topic of today's show. They're oh, Dad, you're going to say sucking on a podcast? Can you do that? That sucks. I thought that was interesting. But anyways, here they are, Daniel, in a particular order that I actually put them in because I do think usually we say no particular order. But this is the particular order of the top five reasons people are failing to improve their finances. Number one. They have no plan. Really? Ultimately have no budget. Hmm. You see, friends, you must follow some sort of tracking system and develop a real budget and a spending plan in order to make progress. I agree. What do you say about that, Daniel? Yeah, so like many things in life where you're sort of swimming upstream or going against the current or going against the grain, see how many cliches we can come up with. The resistance is is tough to make a change. Uh, Anytime you're trying to go away from where you were, there's like a rubber band effect that wants to pull you back to your old life. And so if you don't have some type of plan, some some type of uh, something that you can stay grounded in to start making strides forward that you can look at to, to measure progress and things like that, you're not going to continue in the direction you want to go. It's a, uh, we use the fitness metaphor a lot. Uh, you know, if you're going to, go to the gym, if you're going to work out, if you're going to try to start eating healthy, there's got to be some type of, of plan, some type of structure there that you know whether or not what you're doing today is getting you another step down the road. Uh, if you are trying to get a degree, maybe you're going to school for, you know, get your BA in English or your MBA or your uh, doctorate or whatever, there's a plan set out for you. And you know, every class you take, every paper that you turn in, every test that you take is getting you closer to the plan. Most other things uh, in life, there's some level of planning that goes into place and there's some way to measure yourself. If you just kind of wake up and go, I am going to get better at my finances. And then you just try to start doing things. You're just kind of like uh, trying to save yourself from drowning by treading water and flailing your arms a lot. You're not doing anything uh, to move in any particular direction. And so by tracking what you've been spending, using that data from a month or two of tracking to then develop a realistic budget based on what you know you've been spending and where you can cut and not cut, et cetera, et cetera, creating a realistic budget that aligns with kind of your values and your goals and so forth, and then saving up some fast cash and emergency fund and so forth, you put yourself on the road to having a plan, to measuring your success, and to start making some of those uh, small sort of accomplishments, small sort of levels of success, which will keep you then motivated to keep going. So, so having a plan is not just about getting to the ultimate destination, but it's about being able to measure along the way and stay encouraged and stay excited and know that what you're doing is actually producing 
results. That's exciting. One of the things we wanted to accomplish on this show, I think we're doing a good job of it, is to give you actual action steps. This is not just a motivational show to kick you in the butt, to get you in the right direction. There's too much of that nonsense out there, both in the fitness, in the diet, in the finance world, in the money, in the wealth creation world. It's too much of this qualitative motivation. We need motivation. That's helpful, certainly gets us going. But you have to have actionable steps, which can be comprised of an ongoing plan to see progress. It begins with the tracking of your expenses. I cannot stress that enough. There is no shortcut. Let me say that again. There is no shortcut. As time goes on, if you want and have the ability to, and it's part of your personality, to implement some sort of methodology to handle that, auto pay, some sort of you know software app, that's fine. But in the beginning, there is no shortcut for understanding the raw data of what you spend your money on. So start a plan today. Can I interject on something? May. So when it comes to a plan, some people get stuck on, well, I don't have the motivation to create the plan. And if I can throw down just a teeny weeny bit of conviction, and hopefully it doesn't come across as guilt, if you can't get to the step where you're willing to start tracking and or make a plan, then I'm going to go on a limb and say you love the life that you're in right now more than the life that you could have. Mm. So you're okay. Like, you okay. decided to be okay with debt. You decided to be okay, you know, not having savings. Decided to be okay with potentially not retiring someday. And it, because you love the consumption, you love the spending, you love, you know, keeping up the appearances to whether it's friends or family or coworkers or people that don't really care, et cetera. But there's something about today's life that you love. And if that's where you're starting at, where you're like, I can't even make a plan. I don't really even care about tracking then I think you have to do some soul searching or heart searching or whatever you want to call it and go, what is it about my life right now today that I'm actually kind of in love with and I'm not willing to part with? Because there's something there that's kind of, that's keeping you motivated to stay in this kind of vicious cycle that you're in and not get over that hump. I love that. That's a- absolutely excellent. And that also can be applied to so many areas in life. One of the things that we have realized in the financial world is that once you apply the disciplined steps to improve one area, those steps can be applied in other areas of your life to improve whatever it may be, your relationships, your diet, your health, etc. But understanding that process is critical. Let's move on. Number two reason people are failing to improve their finances it's very simple friends i use it as a tagline after every episode i simply say the secret to wealth is simple spend less than you make invest the rest and do so for a long time what that is is called margin the difference between your income and your outgo the only way to get ahead is to cut or create margin in your budget. Now, this may include some tough sacrifices by cutting things that are not necessary. I am so sick and tired 
of meeting with people, looking at their financial scenario and saying, well, why is there $10,000 in credit card debt? And then hearing all the reasons they had to go on vacation or that they have to spend money on Netflix or this item or that item or this, that, and the other. And let me tell you something, just as Daniel said, if that's what you want to continue to do and spend your money on, and it is okay that you're not making the financial progress you want, then nothing will change. Nothing will change. It's very simple. But in order to make progress, the first step, once you've developed your system and you have a plan, you must create margin. Now, a lot of times you will hear people just talk about cutting, and that's why I, I include in this creating margin. So it's not just about cutting. You could cut all the unnecessary nonsense out of your life, and because of student loan or credit card or auto or whatever the case may be, you still are living month to month. In fact, you've already been doing that, and you're living month to month, and sometimes you don't get through the month and thus creates more credit card. It's a perpetual downward spiral. Well, the newsflash is you've got to find a way to create more income. In the past, that was more difficult. Today, there is a plethora of opportunities. What say you, Daniel, on that subject matter? Yeah, I agree. So it's uh, creating margin can be very tough for people because your brain is actually not fundamentally wired to accept pain today for pleasure tomorrow. So in behavior finance is kind of a newer, it's actually not really new. It's just kind of in a resurgence. Uh, but some of the laws of behavioral finance and uh, for people, I guess, who maybe that's a strange term, behavioral finance, what that study looks at is how our behavior or psychology actually impacts our financial life. And one of the sort of major areas of thought there is that because of our inherited sort of fight or flight mechanisms, we are more ingrained and more likely to choose success or pleasure today uh, rather than taking on pain for future pleasure because it's much easier for other minds to get around that. We've all heard of the marshmallow test in kids. And the interesting thing is, is that they not only studied the kids initially who sat down and looked at a marshmallow and said, hey, if you can wait, I'll give you two. They left the room, et cetera. But they followed these kids over the years, and they found that the ones who could withstand the pleasure and wait for the, for the long-term reward did much, much better in life. Now, what they concluded was a lot of that was already inherent inside the child. It was very difficult for them to go back and say, well, this is why this child did this and this child did this. So if that is something you have struggled with, and let's face it, if you're staring at mounting credit card debt or you're staring at all of these you know, things around your apartment and your home that at the time, boy, you had to have them, you are going to exactly what Daniel said in the beginning, do some significant self-reflection and start to really figure out how it is you are going to learn the discipline required to sustain that instant gratification that you're seeking. Because if you do not do that, you will never get ahead.
Yeah, so when it comes to creating margin, I think you have to go into it realizing that your psychology is naturally ingrained to work against you. Regardless of, you know, all your other beliefs in life, you have to realize that your brain fundamentally is not wired to be willing to accept a little bit of pain now for pleasure that you can't tangibly feel in the future. So when that comes to paying down debt, it means that your brain will send out sort of a rush of dopamine if you go and spend, you know, 10 bucks on Starbucks or go out to the bar with friends, but it will not experience any of that pleasure if you send that 10 bucks to your student loan because there's no tangible sort of enjoyment per se, unless you're just kind of a finance geek that loves seeing your net worth rise. Well, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would counter and say, is there a method by which you can uh, create that sort of dopamine release when you do something like that, because you are, you know, rewarding yourself if you're paying off a credit card or you're, you know, paying down debt or you're being disciplined enough to avoid this, that, and the other. Again, the the marshmallow theory of you waited on the one and you got the two. Mm-hmm. Is there a method by which people could reward themselves, you know, minutely in the interim as they continue to progress towards the longer term goal? Yeah. And so that's the next step of sort of in your uh, sort of journey of creating margin is in that budget, in that margin, lay out sort of milestones and places where you would reward yourself and, and create those rewards ahead of time and budget them into your budget that if I hit this mark, I'm going to take, you know, one month's payment or something like that and do something enjoyable. Like you work really hard and then you give yourself sort of a break, enjoy, etc. Don't splurge. Don't, don't go out and go over budget, but give yourself a little nugget of pleasure there that you can look forward to as you're sort of uh, nailing down debt, etc. All right. And it comes back to a plan, right? It goes back to the, mm-hmm. to the beginning. So when you create that margin, like we had a call uh, a few weeks ago and somebody said, hey, I've got this extra money now. I've got a second job. We cheered her. We, we really uh, applauded her efforts. What do I do with that money? Do I immediately pay down this debt that I'm trying to do? And we said, yeah, basically, a- absolutely. Apply it immediately so you don't get used to seeing that in your account. So once you create that margin, it's the ability to all of a sudden be putting that margin towards something else. I have a quick side story. We're already going to be kind of pressed for time, but I don't care. We're going to keep going with this great podcast. Um, Brandy and I are going away for our 15th anniversary coming up. And I, you know, I'm looking at the amount we've set that aside. We've actually already purchased all the things that we want to do, but I got real motivated not too long ago by looking around our house at all the stuff that we've accumulated and many things that I haven't used, touched, or, you know, experienced, done anything with in years. And so I went on this little tangent uh, of eBay selling and also uh, Facebook group selling. I just basically took my phone, started taking pictures Sending things out locally that, you know, baseball stuff that we didn't need anymore, equipment that we didn't need anymore, sold it all on Facebook groups in a matter of minutes, really. I mean, it took days to deliver and then ultimately have a a series of things selling on eBay. Uh, And it's kind of funny. Just yesterday, I forgot totally uh, that we had um, ultimately uh, something I had put on eBay you know, a week or so ago, totally forgot about it. And I got a message that said, Hey, this thing sold for like 75 bucks. And I was like, Holy cow. Then I got real nervous. I thought, (laughs) what if it's worth like 500? It was this like item tchotchke thing that somebody gave me, probably my mother. I don't even know. Sorry, mom. Uh, But ultimately I went on and it looked like it was, you know, I could buy a new one for a hundred dollars. So it was perfectly fine. Uh, But ultimately my point in that is 
you know, you can think of a second job. Oh, I can't take a second job. I got kids at home. You know, I got, I got, I can't do that. I don't have, I have limited time. Then start looking around your house. Start looking around at items that you can take a snapshot of and start selling and getting those out of your house. It's so, it can't be simpler. I mean, I printed the shipping label from the website. I went down to the post office. I mean, it was so simple. All right, uh, we're going to do one more, and then I think what we'll do, Daniel, because this is obviously running long, is we'll go into a second uh, podcast. So we'll, I want to do one more that we'll conclude on. We'll pick it up a little bit in the next episode, and then we'll conclude with the other uh, two uh, items that, that people need to stop sucking at. We're going to do a to-be-continued? Yeah, we're going to have to, man. So we're good. already 20 minutes in, uh, and, you know, phone lines are blowing up. No, we don't have any phone lines. All right, <laughs> number three. Here's the deal. This this is, this is comes down to psychology and I can't stress this enough in, in all areas of life, but particularly finances. And it's real simple. You have to be able to overcome the peer pressure. And it really is an art of saying no. You have to learn how to say no. No, 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 no. What say you, Daniel? Absolutely. Yeah. Nobody is going to care really much at all about your personal life if you don't. And so there's always going to be this external pressure uh, to do things or to spend money or to uh, care more about other things. It's kind of the social media effect. Like, um, you know, years ago, before you had the availability of of news at your fingertips or how other people were living their life or the vacations that other people were going on, et cetera, you didn't care because you you just didn't really know. Joe Schmo might come back to the office after his vacation and tell you all about it, but you didn't have like uh, minute by minute pictures being shoved down your throat on your social media feed to all of a sudden be jealous about. So in today's world of just information just fed to you and emotional connectedness that we've never had before. Now, all these things are good because it means that, for instance, we're able to connect with our family who's out of state uh, on a very real level, uh, you know, day to day where we couldn't have before. However, what it means is that you now, uh, again, going back to that fight or flight mechanism, you now see the good that other people have and you want to chase after that and you kind of get pressured into it. They might not even be... Uh, intentionally pressuring you into it, but you sort of get sucked into this vortex of, man, it would be really nice to go out with the friends. And we did a whole episode on uh, being cheap and how to navigate some of those difficulties. There's always going to be peer pressure there. You have to stick to your goals. You have to find that motivation to stick to your goals and so forth. And actually, we're going to have to talk about the motivation and how to keep that motivation up uh, in the next episode. So that's, I guess it's the to be continued. Yeah, to be continued. And in the following episode, we're going to talk about planning ahead for that, especially as we come into the fourth quarter, regardless of when you're listening to this podcast uh, or the subsequent podcast, they were cut around uh, the month of September, and we're coming quickly into what we particularly like to refer to as the budget-busting quarter. The fourth quarter is notorious uh, for budgeting or busting those budgets, and we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, in a couple of podcasts that comes back to the peer pressure. All right, we're going to stop it there. We're going to pick up the second half of the top five reasons people are failing to improve their finances and how you can stop sucking with your money. You're listening to DIY Money. 
Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is quite simple. Live on less than you make or create more income. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card.